You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we once again cover an episode of Third Watch, your favourite show in the world because you're smart like we are. Exactly. We are into the eighth episode of the fourth season. This one is called Ladies' Day, and what better way to discuss this episode than with two men? Well, you know, very 2018 of us. Uh, first aired on November 18, 2002. It was written by Ed Allen Bonero, one of our co-founders. So we know this episode is going to be better than last week. Or is it? Uh, and it was directed by the esteemed Vincent Missiano, who is a household name when it comes to directing things um but yeah i'm looking forward to talking about this one uh my name is ben and uh having podcasting that loud is really bad for your hearing <laughs> okay oh okay i get it now. yeah my name's darvel <laughs> it took a while <laughs> it's, it's fine <laughs> yeah i get <laughs> yeah um my name's darvel and yeah before i do my quote yeah ladies day to and being covered by a couple of men if the wrong people hear that, they're gonna. If the wrong people, if the wrong people notice that, they're gonna go, "How sexist!" <laughs> um, but anyway, my name's Darvell, and thank God I wore underwear today. Yeah, I was about to say, <gasps> Jesus, you, you never do. Like I'm glad for once you, uh, you know, you, you went all out there and did it. Um, and just on that notion too about people calling us sexist as well. Um, I'm a straight white male, so therefore I've got no legs to stand on. You've at least can, you know, tick one of those other ones off and play the race card, Darville. So like, you're fine. So <laughs> it's all good. Uh, <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> well, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little safer, but not much because I, according to some, had the unfortunate, I had the, un- the, um, unfortunate occurrence of being born male. Oh, uh, well, yeah. We're, we're, we're the scum of the but, earth. So, you know. What can we say? Yeah, b- yeah, but let's let's not get too far into that. I'm gonna it. It's it's too depressing. Hello to all our feminists so <laughs> listening today. Good to have you back on board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. However many of you are listening, you know, I wonder. I wonder if there's a way to check to see how many people, how many listeners we have. Yeah, to do that though, you and maybe have I've have, mentioned that you have to have listeners though. And like, I mean, when I see that zero every week, I just I just don't bother checking again. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway, welcome back. We're here to talk about Ladies' Day. Um, we're obviously going to be improving on last week. <laughs> yeah, so. much so. I mean, Ed Bonero's involved, so. But so is Emily. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Can I, I just, I just, I feel the need, the need for speed. No, I feel the need to read. I feel the need to read. That's, that's the, um, the geek version of Top Gun. Um, the synopsis on Wikipedia. Now, I realise this isn't the best way to, analyze what this episode's about because anyone can write this um we, whatever the hell they want yeah i actually just before i read the ladies day synopsis i'm going to read last week's for firestarter uh boscarelli is in the supermarket with his mother when a fire starts in the facility when everyone is out and the ambulances are there bosco is told that he thinks the fire was started by someone seconds later bosco sees someone that smiles while he's watching the fire and he thinks that he's the one who started it that's literally all it says that is not an episode synopsis. You started to write everything that's happening in the episode, then you got bored and stopped watching the episode. It kind of sums up the episode quite well. But... The, <laughs> it really does. I just, I'm not going to read the entire synopsis here. I'm just going to stop, and you, you, te- you tell me when I stop here if this is a good summary of this episode. On their way okay. to go shopping, Faith and Emily stop at a bank to get some money. 
Faith doesn't like automated teller machines. That's a pretty good synopsis, because Faith hates ATMs. That's not why she doesn't use the ATM. It ruins her checking account. There's a complete difference. It's not like this whole episode is like Faith sees an ATM is like, ah, get it away from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, but this episode that, is that, that interesting. That kind of boggles my mind, though. How can... How can Oh, wait, never mind. I was going to say, how can ATMs ruin checking accounts? But then I remembered her. I remembered a line from her about that at some point in the episode. Well, it's 2002 banking. So, I mean, the internet and internet banking and things like that weren't necessarily a daily part of our lives. And there was a time in... The internet hum- really wasn't. There, there, there was a time in humanity where people actually had to physically go into banks to do things with money. Um, so, Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I um, remember that. Hell, even with ATMs and online banking, I still prefer to go into my bank. Yeah, I do when they don't charge me for the privilege. But, um, yeah, like, it's... Um, it's... I don't understand fully what she's talking about, but I also kind of understand slightly what she's saying about because it wasn't as automated as it was now with internet. But I just love the fact right. that this description, like, there's there's a secret weakness to Yokus we've never discovered. She's secretly scared of ATMs. Um, random pet peeve for you, Darvel. Here's one for you. Mm-hmm. I hate it when people call them ATM machines because... That is like you're saying. The very yeah, you know what I'm talking about. In the fucking name, (laughs) ATM machines. The M is machine. And it's when people say pin number. What else are you saying there? You're saying personal identification number number. Stop it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) My synopsis right now is where's where's George? Where's George Carlin when you need him? Oh, Lord. Where's, I, I swear those sort of things were written by Scott Williams just getting drunk and running <laughs> shit like that. Um, no, I mean, where, where's George Carlin to pick the absurdities of the language apart like that? He's on the line. He's, he's ready to come on. George, how are you today? Um, what would you have done if George literally came on the line right then? You would, your mind would have literally been blown. There we go, literally. Yeah, it really, it really... Yeah, I would have... I would have gone completely silent. <laughs> And I would have. Just just usual for you, Darville. I'm not joking. Uh, all right, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, R.I.P. George. Yeah, rip George. Uh, so, um, you know this episode, you're in for a good time, when Emily starts narrating it. <laughs> so, good for her. But dating this episode slightly, she's sitting on a bed listening to a Discman. Oh, remember Discman's... Uh. Um, yep. I think I still have one somewhere. I actually remember the first time I got a Discman. I was so excited. Like, I was like, this is yeah, the me greatest too. thing ever. Um, oh, God, kids these days don't know the joy of owning one. But she's yeah, listening. And I still have a pretty good CD collection. I too. sadly got rid of my CDs because I needed money and space, but I put them all on my computer. So there's some slight happy ending to that. She's listening, Davel, yeah. to Maroon 5, um, Harder to Breathe. Ah. So... Good for you, Emily, listening to yep. all the latest 2002 pop songs. Um, I actually, yeah, and Maroon 5 are still pretty active. Too. Well, they are. They, I mean, this is back when they were kind of good, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't mind Maroon 5. That's a bit mean. I think the thing that I remember when this episode came on was that it was like, I swear they've probably dubbed that over because I feel this episode would have been filmed a lot longer before that song came out. So I feel like maybe the network have just all of a sudden come on and quickly dubbed it over because it was like new and fresh at the time, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm just looking here. Okay, maybe I'm wrong because it was released 
July 9th, 2002, and what this episode was November 18, 2002. Okay, no. Ben's wrong. So it's not unreasonable <laughs> to think that... Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking it would have... in Australia it came out later and when we saw this episode, so possibly that's where I was getting it confused. You know, how far, how far off were the air dates for Third Watch in Australia than for in the US? I've always been curious about that. I think we mentioned this slightly before. I think from memory we got it pretty like around about the same time when it came out. The, the thing about TV in Australia back when Third Watch was the thing, because this is obviously before downloads and everything, our TV series used to be like they'd run from February to like about October, whereas obviously your seasons run from what, like September to May. So kind of yes. there's a bit of a discrepancy there. Whereas well, now, back then anyway, yeah, they well, don't now. Well, nowadays, like Australia basically gets shows, you know, within the week of it airing in the US to try and prevent the downloading and everything. But, um, yeah, we would get them within six months. But, th- I mean, it, it didn't really affect you if you got it later because you didn't have the internet to be spoiled, if you know what I mean. So, you know, mm-hmm. Su- Survivor, for example, obviously, given my history with that show, is that, you know, we wouldn't get it anywhere near the exact time that you guys would have it. But it didn't matter if we had it, like, three months later because unless you've been to the US and seen it, you didn't really get spoiled because the internet was kind of only just starting around then. So, yeah, all these TV discussion forums were. I mean, the internet's obviously been around a little bit longer yeah. than two thousand and two, but yeah, it was. It was so within that time frame, we did. They did basically forget about the show for a long time, and I remember randomly. Um, it was at least about three or four years after it ended. So it was about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They were airing it at about midnight, and I remember just flicking channels one time, and the finale was on, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's goodbye to Camelot. Um, but they've never repeated it, um, particularly on the network that originally showed it here, Channel 9. They did show it on one of our cable channels for a while, um, but I think they ended it after season one. I couldn't tell you where they ended up after that. So it's a show that basically, that, this is why a lot of Australians have never heard of it because it was a real blink and you miss it in Australia. So yeah. Uh, kind of like how in the US, a lot of, even here in the US, a lot of, a lot of people have, a lot of people have never heard of it. Although that's due to, and we talk about this a lot. I know, you know, NBC constantly pushing it around their schedule and compared to other shows not really promoting it and and this is another thing too just going back onto the part we're talking about um the maroon five song here this is a reason to add that to the fact that the the dvd releases are not a thing because they use so much of these songs and going back to our constant uh you know talking up the montages is that you know we've got a bloody montage in every single freaking episode so you've got a new song you've got a new record label you've got new reasons to get rights for a song so it makes it more difficult for digital releases and for dvd releases so eh, you know eh, but the, the the thing that you gotta appreciate about i Third Watch, still you know you go Darvel. No, i i still I, I know i say this a lot but part of me still holds out hope that something will get worked out may take years but yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows? But it's the, the beauty of this show is again that we've got such a nice little core, passionate fan base um, that people find other ways to watch the shows, and no one really gives a shit because no one remembers it. So don't they don't usually get taken down that often online? So <laughs> <laughs> slight ask positives. The, ask the ask the numerous time ask 
ask considering the numerous times it's been uploaded onto YouTube and then taken down. Well, that's why Daily Motion's a thing now, Darvell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hence, hence, I will share a little story is the fact that I own all these episodes on my computer, how I got them, magic. But um, the episode that I had, the version I had, Mallory's just cracking up in the background, apparently. Um, oh, I hear. <laughs> the, the version of this episode I had... It like it it ended when Bosco and that is about to walk into the bank. I'm like, dude, there's like another like few minutes to go of this episode. What's going on? So all I did was Google Third Watch Ladies Day, and the first thing that pops up is Daily Motion Third Watch Ladies Day full episode, and it was a full episode. What? So if people are yep, listening to that- this and they're going, oh, I, how are you watching the episode? Literally Google it. It's there. <laughs> you know, and and seeing that and seeing that this morning, in addition to. I mean, there's only one other time that we've had to go to Daily Motion, and that was for the Unforgiven. It's make okay. I'm. I should probably just. I should probably just see if there's a if there's a Daily Motion app and download the <laughs> Daily Motion app. That way, I'm ready in case in yeah. case we need to go to Daily Motion again. It's and look, hi to everyone out there. You know, yes, we are condoning illegal uploads of shows, but at the same time, we've just also talked about the struggles it is for us to find this goddamn show to watch. So. Um, I feel, I feel as though we're entitled to slightly do illegal things to watch this show. All right. Um, yeah, because, really. Anyway. Because, so, I mean, as we've said, it's the only way we can. Emily's on a bed. Damn greedy ass people won't release it. Go em- ahead. Emily's on a bed. She's listening to Maroon 5. Charlie's been a jerk. Um, Fred's there, yay, and we find out that they're going for a ladies' day to go shopping. Oh, why is this episode called Ladies' Day? There we go, we've solved it. Um, Yokus is very nervous to go shopping with her daughter. Is it really gotten to the point where she's this nervous to go shopping with her daughter? Uh, like, I'm sorry, who's the mother and here and who's so the daughter? what is she so nervous about? <laughs> exactly. What is... I mean, is she is she nervous to go shopping, or is she scared of Emily? I th- I think I mean I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of obvious what they're trying to do here. Like Yoka's is the tough, you know, hard cop. She's great, but when it comes to her family, like we know, we've had it on repeat and rinse and recycle for the last few seasons that she struggles to connect with them. So of course she's going to have that like vulnerability when it comes to spending time with her bitch of a teenage <laughs> daughter. So I guess that's kind of what they're going for here. And obviously this episode comes full cycle where at the end of it, you know, Emily respects what her mother does. Or does she? <coughs> Taking drugs in a few episodes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so in your favorite episode ever. Oh, I'm sick that week. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm stuck in a car in the snow. Uh, I'm not coming into work that week. Um, anyway, you call this work because apparently I'm getting paid. So they go off to go shopping. They're on a train. Hey, if you're getting paid, where's my money? I'm your co-host. Well, I've got a lot of co-hosts, Darvell. Um, so, I know. There's a line of seniority, and I'm afraid you're not up there yet. Um, so <laughs> we're on the train. Oh, man, you're a trip. I I know. Uh, we're on the train. Um Emily meets some girl called Jenny who she's embarrassed to talk up the fact that she's going to shopping with a mum. Um, she's a nosy priss to date. This is 2002. <laughs> these days she would, what would she be these days? Oh, I don't know. Well, what do kids say I'm, these days? A, a, a bay 
Belfi. I don't know. I don't, don't. I'm old now. I don't talk what kids do. My girlfriend's 11, all right? She doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and Mallory, uh, what would you call a nosy priss these days? She's not listening. She's watching something on a computer. Uh, <laughs> what would you call a nosy priss these days? A nosy priss? Yeah. Like, you know, do you know what that even means? She's shaking her head. What would you call someone who's annoying and sticks their nose into your business when it's not wanted? Jess. Jess. Okay. She. Wow. Damn. Yeah, she she didn't hesitate. She didn't she, hesitate she, she, there. Not Is that a friend of yours, Mallory? A nosy Nelly. A nosy Nelly. <laughs> okay. Okay, that works. An Australian terminology, you'd call him a sticky beak. Yeah, you don't call him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's stick with nosy Pris or Jess. Um, so, anyway. Well, I don't know. No, I don't know. Nosy Nelly has a good ring to no, it. We'll go with nosy Nelly. There we go. Straight from the kids of the street to what they would call that from 2002. So this is where we obviously get Yokus's fear of ATMs because she's got to get off the bus and go and get this check this check cashed and blah 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 blah. You know, she should have been on one of those on one of those bizarre phobia episodes of Mori. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The thing is Next up is a next up is an NYPD officer who has a fear of ATMs. Not <laughs> machines, just ATMs because there is no need to add the machine after you say ATM. Thank you, Mori. <laughs> We've got to get the set up. They've got to get to the bank, don't they? Because what's going to happen yes, to the they bank? Do. We, they walk past the bank, and who should be sitting in the car? Oh, it's the man in black from Lost. He's off the island and not in a smoke monster form anymore. Spoiler alert if you're listening to our Lost coverage at the same time. Um, but <laughs> he is in the car. It's Titus Welliver, who we like. He's a good actor. Uh, and Very along, good actor, alongside yes. him is his creepy pedophile of a brother. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why didn't she? Why did he just shoot his? Why did he just shoot his brother's balls off right then and there and go and do this whole thing solo? I, I will say that I'm, this guy is creepy and he's a pedophile, but like he's a believable creepy pedophile. Like this actor, he is. Plays him, he, he really is. He he does a good job. Um, so I'm I'm not saying in real life he is one, but Jesus, uh, he does a very believable job. So they're waiting in the car, and for the first of like three hundred times, we hear the word focus. Uh, so, Davel, focus. Remember what we're going to do I here? I will, yeah. We're going to focus. Focus. I'm doing the finger motions with my hand, like yeah. the pointy yeah. eye thing. Focus. Um, yeah. Focus. Focus. <laughs> yep. um, so, we go in the bank and... Uh, well, we get, well, the, the, what makes him a pedophile? Essentially, he's perving on Emily, who remember is fourteen at this point. I know I've mm-hmm. said Bonnie Dennison is attractive. Uh, he's, the, he's the he's the he's the white R. Kelly without the <laughs> sex tape. I, I I know I've said on record that Bonnie Dennison is attractive, but again, if you look at our ages, she's like a year younger than me. So when this episode aired, I was fifteen. All right, so that was okay. I'm not saying she is now watching this as a thirty-one year old. I'm just saying at the she time. Might be. <laughs> she is. I follow her on Instagram. She's still attractive. Sure. Hi, Bonnie, if you're listening. Um, it's not about what she looks like. It's She's a human being. It doesn't matter. She's a, a beautiful person inside and out. Uh, but right now, it's creepy because this guy is over the obligatory. <laughs> and, and now that we've gotten over the obligatory apology for simply saying that somebody is attractive... <laughs> 
2018, Darvell. We said the feminists are listening. Um, seriously, if you're a feminist and you're listening to our show, don't. All right? Like, you're not finding anything of entertainment value here. You're just finding things to complain about. And if that's what you want to do, good for you. But back to the bank. They're in the bank. Enjoy your life. They're in the bank. <laughs> They're lining up. Uh, we get a cool little shot of, like, the bank camera watching them as they're filling in the thing. That's kind of cool. Um, we get a bit of a conversation because Emily complains what's new about the guy, security guy, being old. And Yokus is obviously talking up a little bit about the fact that, um, you know, she once guarded a bank once. Which I feel that this was discussed a few weeks ago when Fred talked about this. So... Why is all of a sudden Emily being like, oh, how many jobs have you had? Like, listen to your father. He told you this, like, four weeks ago. Um, we get Dick guy on a phone pushing in and sort of them having a bit of a complaint about it. Then we find out that Yokus had a, a, a honeymoon in the her parents' spare bedroom. To which, can we just point out the creepiness level here of Emily... Basically saying, is that the first night you guys did the naughty? To which Yokus then goes, Emily, Amanda. It's like, what? I swear you guys still do it. What 14-year-old girl is openly discussing the fact that her parents fuck? Like, that's just not normal. Like, <laughs> Emily, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> My only thought after that was, hey, we know Emily's middle name now. Great. Which, but It probably changes man. in three seasons, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Just like the actor did. Did, um, did you just to interrupt you quickly there, Darvell? Though, did you did yeah. you ever get the uh, the first name, middle name from your parents when you knew you were being naughty? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever, whenever that. I mean, anytime I heard Darvell Tremaine, I knew I was in trouble. I like that, Darvell Tremaine. That's very like that sounds very proper. Like that's a very proper name. Like. You should use that to get into, like, special clubs. Like, hello, I'm Darvel Tremaine. I'm here for my three o'clock caviar appointment. Like, that's great. Use it. (laughs) Much better than Benjamin James. That's me. Like, God, I'm just going for my smoking beer. Yours is an ordinary white guy name, if I can say that. That's racist, Darvel. I'm offended. I'm hanging up. Uh, (laughs) It's the offensive episode. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, hey. travelers checks, Emily, Amanda, parents have sex, good for you. Um, and then they come in and rob the bank. Um, I, I, I remember watching this episode, like, when it first aired, and you kind of can tell something's gonna happen within, like, two minutes of this episode. <laughs> you kind of like, hmm, Gokus and Emily are going out for the day. Oh, she has to go to the bank? Oh, I wonder what's gonna happen now. Like, and then we see two, we see two random guys sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> Oh, it's so obvious. But even even before you see the guys in the car, I just feel like it's just such an obvious setup that something bad's going to happen. A lot happen. of these are. Yeah. A lot of these really are. Again, 2002 television, like, we're used to, you know, being shocked and Jon Snow dying. I don't know if he dies. I've never watched Game of Thrones, but, like, I'm sure he probably has. I don't know. But, like, things like that. You're used to trying to be shocked. Like, oh, no, the arsonist's son's father is the arsonist. Whatever the fuck happened last week. Like, it doesn't really fly on 2018 audiences now. Um, no, it really wouldn't, because... And these... I would say these days are a lot more of a... Depending on what shows you watch... Yeah, yeah. There are very rarely surprises these yeah, days. Yeah, very true. Well, it's... it's it's We went through that period, I feel, in, like, the 
mid 2000s where everything was a shock and now it's kind of you're expecting there to be a shock that it's not a shock so yeah you're right um yeah so they robbed the bank um then Jokas basically dials 911 on a phone is kind of very cleverly saying like they're only here to rob the bank you know and obviously out of sight of the the robbers um meanwhile Bosco gets pulled out of um roll call by Cruz uh, who has a great little line of sorry to interrupt kindergarten where everyone's all like woo, 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 woo. again that wouldn't fly in two thousand. Yeah, that's cool. And I've got that definitely yeah. would not fly in two thousand and eighteen. Um, and even though Cruz is a very attractive woman, oh, uh, very. did I just say somebody else is attractive? Well, look, I'm oh, not even going to apologize. Comes... She is very attractive, so yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not. <laughs> and it's Tia. It, it, can I officially put on the record? It is Tia Tejada. I saw on YouTube something posted the other day. Um, it might have even been in the Third Watch fan group. I'm not too sure. But it was a recent interview with her, and somebody interviewed her on a red carpet, and she said her name, and it was Tia Tejada. So there we go. Tejada. 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 So we thought it might have okay. been the case, and we can officially hear it from her own mouth. It is Tia Tejada. What a name. That's a Now I'm going to have to go look that interview up. I will send you the link if you remind me. So, um... Will do. She takes Bosco away. He has to retype the reports. And then we obviously hear the them all rushing out because, oh, there's a bank robbery in progress. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're going to rush through some of this because, again, it's not necessarily minor things we have to talk about. It's a bank robbery. Um, there's an old lady who's suffering from low blood sugar, the brother of Cameron. Oh, I don't even know if we hear his name in this episode. Um, no, I don't think we do. He is all creepy and pedo-y still. He wants to feel up Emily and basically says they're the same if they're breathing or dead. So he's a pedophile and a necrophiliac. Okay. Um... <laughs> Good for him. Uh, how does how does his agent land that role? <laughs> like it's like okay, I don't know. John, uh, I've got a role for you. Oh yeah, what's 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 the role? Okay, you're going to be playing a guy who robs a bank. Oh yeah, sounds pretty challenging. Okay, anything else I need to know? Yeah, okay, he's a bit of a pedophile and a bit of a necrophiliac. Oh okay, very challenging, very challenging. I've got some experience in that, so I can uh, I can use it. <laughs> I'm trying oh, I to... hope to God the guy who was cast as him doesn't have experience there. I'm trying to look him on IMDb here, like because I don't know his character's name. We've only got Cameron, uh, which, as we know, is Titus Welliver. And is he... He's not Frank. That's the guard. Is he Peter? Yeah. Maybe? Uh... Oh, yes, yes, yes. That is his name. It is Peter. So, Peter File. Oh, oh, it is him. Yes. It is Peter. I've looked at his picture here. This is him. Uh, Ari Fliakos is the actor's name. So, uh, Ari, if you're listening, I'm not implying that you are any of those things. I'm just saying you do a very good job at portraying this. He was in Homeland. Someone who is. Yes, he was in Homeland. Good show. Um, Well, it was good for about... Well, the last season was pretty good. But uh, anyway, so there in the bank, he's being weird. Uh, Cruz is driving around trying to find banks because they've got to take hours to find what the right bank is. Bosco's having troubles with typewriter cartridges. Can we just establish the extent of Bosco's character in the last two weeks? He's gone shopping for half and half, and he's uh, struggling with typewriter cartridges. Uh, (laughs) Not really much for him to do. First question when we get Jason Wiles on the show. So, Jason, what was it like trying to be a man who couldn't work a typewriter and try and find his mother no fat half and half? Uh, (laughs) Who could work a typewriter in 
in 02, much less today, though. I actually really like typewriters. There's something cool about typewriters. That's how we record this show. That's why no one listens. So, Yokus, meanwhile, while they're off trying to wait for the... Basically, these guys who are robbing the bank are waiting for the people to come with the money, the truck yeah, people. The armoured the armored truck, yes. The armoured truck, yes. Yokus um, has a gun in a bag. She hides it. To which she then turns around and says to everybody... I'm a New York City police officer. Now, can I just establish the fact that we are in a bank in New York City. She doesn't need to turn around and say, I'm a New York City police officer. She just needs to say, I'm a police officer. If maybe she was from, I don't know, Albuquerque, then maybe she can say, hi, I'm an Albuquerque police officer. That might make sense. Yeah. Like, she's in New York City. Like, why does she need to say, I'm a New York City police officer? Just say I'm a cop! Who knows? And was it, and was it really, and was it really a smart, was it really a smart move for her to say that? I guess she's got a gun in a bag. People want to know why. I mean, it's America. Everyone has a gun in their bag, right? Like, you've got one gun in your bag right now, don't you, Darville? I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's, it's how I picture all Americans. Um, but. I actually, true story, I've hung out with Americans and they have had guns in their purses. That is a true story. I was in CNN and people who listen to this show and know who T-Bird is from Survivor, we were in the CNN headquarters in Atlanta lining up to which she realises she's left her handgun in her bag. She had a licence for it, don't worry. Uh, so she had to go up to security and be like, hey, I've left my handgun in my bag what do i do with it and they're like are you a law enforcement officer she's like no like okay you need to go and put it back in your motor vehicle and they escorted her out of the building because they knew she had a gun on her so that was a fun experience (laughs) australian things we don't think about we don't have guns here we have kangaroos and spiders we'll just throw one at you that's all we need to do and croc and crocodiles that's how we rob a bank we just walk into a bank with a crocodile crikey my croc will bite you give me your cash (laughs) That's, that's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> Steve Irwin is a bank robber. <laughs> oh, check out this little beauty. It's a $100 bill. Now put it in my pocket. Or I'll bite your head off. Uh, <laughs> if you, oh, no. I, never do mind. It. I'm do not it. even going to try. I'm t- do it. No, I am terrible. Do it. I am terrible. Stop being a chicken. Give me your Australian accent. <laughs> well, more like a Steve Irwin impression. Come on. Everyone does <laughs> a Steve Irwin. Uh, do it. Okay. Okay, come on. If you don't give me your money, I'll set my crock on you, mate. Not the worst one I've heard. That's pretty good. <laughs> Mallory's in the background saying you did a good job. So, yeah. All right. See, that wasn't so bad. Round of applause for Darbell. Um Oh, right. Yeah. So she's mentioning that she's a New York City police officer. We find out that the panic system's not working. Um, Cameron, meanwhile, has dressed as a guard. And, and at this point... You know the pa- the panic system isn't working, and you know they kn- and stuff like that. I'm thinking, okay, uh, Faith, you re- and that's why I was like, okay, was that really a smart move for her to say that she's a police officer? Shouldn't that have occurred to her at this point that it just might be an inside job? Well, th- that be- chances are it could be an inside job. Yeah, like I think it's a logical thing to perhaps think, and this is where it's. I mean, is it? I don't want to say cliche. It is cliche because. I feel every single TV show that has a bank robbery, there's always an inside person there. We had it in Lost with Kate in one of those flashback episodes. She was the inside person and blah, 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 blah. So, like, I know that if I'm ever in a bank robbery that I'm not going to open my mouth to anyone because I'm going to assume you're all bloody inside jobs. <laughs> like, just, you're a spy. You've got an extra crocodile on the back. 
Um, so she, yeah, um, well, she said that the guard has gone out the front and the guy wants to ask out Stacy and then all of a sudden Cruz comes up to the bank and they all check out Cruz because she's cute. And can I just point out that Cruz automatically knows that that is the bank that is being held up because the guard doesn't have a gun in his holster. Now, there are many reasons why the guard doesn't have the gun in the holster. Does that mean every time I go to a bank and I don't see a guard with a gun in his holster that it's being held up? Like, that's a very open-ended assumption, Sergeant Cruz. But it's good that we've got Cruz. We haven't really talked too much about her in the CA. Cruz is here again. She's third episode in. Uh, she's about to get meaty next mm-hmm. week. But uh, right now, we're kind of getting nice Cruz. Um, so they then... It's Mike. This is the the guy. He comes into the bank. They knock him out. And I don't get their plan. So their whole plan... Did they hold- even have one? Well, they kind of do because they're focusing on everyone and like Stacy's there. Focus. And- so they they plan to take all this money. They bring it in. They they knock poor Mike out, and then they've got to put them all in these giant trench coats, and then they're just going to walk out of the bank. Now, when we see, and how do Ma- they know that it'll be ten minutes before his partner starts worrying about him? And the problem, how do is- they know the time limit? Well, maybe they they probably would have cased the bank, and that's kind of what they do, right? They know that there's like a time; it takes them ten minutes to take the money, so they've probably done all the the study. But the thing that I don't understand is that when they type take Mike into the bank, the other guard who for some reason is standing there with his gun in his hand, like he's expecting trouble. He just disappears. Like, he's right outside the front of the bank with his gun in his hand, looking around like he's about to get robbed. And then within two seconds, this Mike guy gets knocked out in clear view of the glass window of the bank. The guard's bugging off down to Starbucks or something. I don't know. He's not there. So, like... <laughs> I mean, why did, why did... I mean, why not try to take one of them out? Well, he's, he's never to be seen again. Because basically, when these guys walk out oh. in a couple of minutes... And they're all hellbreaks he with the gun. Maybe. I don't he's he's the dirty kid of season four. He just disappears. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So It's crazy. Anyway, so basically they're filling their pockets up with money. Um I do like the scene when they cut back to the precinct and Boss goes with a typewriter and he's like, I'm gonna kick your ass. Like I do love angry Bosco with the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's a slight little laugh. But uh, we've got Swirsky. Yeah. Swirsky tells him that uh, Yokus's phone is the one, so get off your ass, Bosco. Go help out the bank. Um, and As if Bosco needed any telling. Apparently hey, so. come on. Our two lovable bank robbers walk outside, and out of nowhere... Um, the air smells... What, what is it he says? The air, yeah, the smells, air smells sweeter when you're rich. Must, uh, must be why every time I walk outside, the air smells like shit. Um, they they all yeah, of a sudden same here. see a cop car pull up, and what's the first thing they do? Not just act all casual. That yep. is a very good gun sound, Darby. I duck for cover there. Um, but, this, did you really? Well, no. You're an American. There's gunfire. <laughs> it's just usual. So, but then, like, when all these explosions are happening and gunfires and everything, this is where this is an episode. A problem in this episode. Go back to, um, like, was it last season when we had the the big shootout with uh, Chevchenko and yes, uh, yeah, season three. Yep, and then season superhero one. superheroes part one, and then season one, the one with like uh, Candy and all that sort of stuff when they're chasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Those were well done. Great episodes. And, like, 
the thing, this is where going well back done to la- shootout sequences. The, the thing that I was talking about last week, where you can tell the 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 change that they've gone here. Last week we kind of had explosions and slow mo and all that sort of stuff. This week we've got lots of gunfire, slow mo, like dramatic, like it's 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 over the top dramatic stuff. Whereas, like as you just said, well done shootouts we've had in season one and season three. We just don't. Like, they go too far, I feel, with this shootout. It doesn't have the subtlety and the tension that we had in Season 1 and Season 3. And this is where you can tell the quality is definitely changing at this point. They're kind of going for the, oh, this will look good on a promo, you know, next week on Third Watch. Give it to me, Darbell. Come on, you do that voice really well. Okay. <clears throat> next week on Third Watch. Exactly. There a you day go. at the bank. Boom, boom. Turns violent. Explosions, everything. And that, like, that's what they're going for here. Tune in next week. People are getting shot. So it just, it just doesn't have the same effect as season one and season three did. And somewhere where it gets confusing is that the, the bank manager guy, cause they kind of cut back into the bank. We see, um, our pedo guy falling back and shooting everywhere. We, we then cut back into the bank. Our poor little old lady, let's just call her Doris, because all old ladies are called Doris. She's, like, got low blood sugar, so she's, like, collapsed on the floor, like, oh, my God, let's help out Doris. But then the bank manager is on the ground, like, face down. I'm thinking, hey, the poor bank manager, check on him. Ten minutes later, we find out he's been shot. At no point do we see him get shot. I'm confused. Like, the poor bank manager, you know? Like, that guy was nice. He had red hair. Um, well, I've well, I've never been in a shootout, but... You're American. How is that possible? Well, for one thing, I don't carry, and for another, I don't go out of my way to get myself in trouble. Right. But, um, but I would imagine. I mean, I've heard from from people who have been in them, and they say it's, you know, it's just so, it's just so chaotic. You know, everything's well, happening at once. You don't really notice things. No, well, like my, that. My, my point is, is that given this is a TV show, and that we've got like what five hostages that I feel that if someone's going to get shot, we're going to see that. And it's just, it's yeah. random that later on, it's kind of lumped onto this, like, hey, this is the death penalty, man, he's dead. Like, okay. And why does the bank manager die? Shouldn't the guy who dies be the asshole who pushed in front? Like, that's generally what they do in shows like this. It's always the asshole gets come up, it's in the end. So that's the guy that should have killed. Oh no! For some reason, I was thinking, shouldn't it have been? Shouldn't it have been? Shouldn't it have been Stacy? But then I thought, well, no, maybe not. She she needs she she's important for this uh, sort of the resolution. Speaking of Stacy, we this is where we find out she is in on this because um, this is where Cameron's you know the brother's been shot. He's laying on the floor choking to death. Cameron's pissed off, and then essentially this is where Stacy stands up and like she's a cop. She's a cop. And she then tells, she gives her the gun and basically tells her to kill Emily, which, uh, Jokas jumps in front of her to protect her. Um, which is, you know, they're obviously crying, I love you, I love you, and all this sort of stuff, it's nice. Um, <laughs> I'm so the, 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 st- the standard fare just before, the, the, the standard fare for stuff like that. Am I wrong? Although, am it I was well acted. It's very well acted, but am I wrong to be like, yeah, can you shoot Emily? <laughs> like, am I horrible to think that? <laughs> then we won't have Snowblind. Hey. Kill her now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll just say this. Hey, um, if there's one thing I've learned about this show, it's that nothing's off limits. <laughs> well, very few things are off limits. That's not true. So. Meryl Streep's off limits. We discovered that last week. Um, so 
I don't think we've ever done a Meryl Streep movie on the show. Oh, no, we did. We did The Post. That's right. We did a Meryl Streep movie on the show. So, um, Cameron then drags him out to the window. I've got a cop. I've got a kid. Don't come in. Ooh. Um, and then we've kind of got a scene outside with Doc's obligatory appearance. He's helping out. Is it Dave, the cop that's been shot? Um, Dave, yes. I do, I do like the little moment there when he's like, hey, I saw you were shooting once. And he's like, oh, that's good. And he's like, yeah, you saved a man's life. And I do love Doc Howell. He's like, well, I've got a reputation to live up to then. Um, and I do love Carlos because like, I, I don't think we get a lot of Carlos and Cruz ever together, but I just like random no. Carlos like, are we safe here? Are we safe here? And Cruz is just like, yeah, you're like, you're fine. Um, so, and then Hancock's there randomly. He's the one on the phone being the early negotiator. I guess we're going to have Davis involved somewhere. So let's show yeah. Hancock. Um, so Cameron, this is where we find out that the bank manager is dead. Yokers is trying to talk Cameron down. Like, Hey, let some paramedics in here. You know, I'll testify for you. You didn't kill the bank manager. It was the other guy. You know, I'll help it, help you do it here. And then essentially, we find out, that, and this is where it's kind of very rushed, like, we hear that the paramedics are going to come in, then they've got this great idea to kind of dress Bosco up as a paramedic and send him in, but, like, it just it just shoved down your throat really quickly. Like, I feel like it would be a good idea to have a scene in there where, like, Bosco says, like, hey, I've got an idea, how about I go dressed in there? Like, all of a sudden, just random. Bosco's dressed in a paramedic uniform, Carlos is not wearing underwear or something like that, and it's like, boom, send them in. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but it just feels very rushed to me. Yeah, although there, although he does, although he does make it a point to say that, you know, he can talk to Faith. He can, him and Faith can talk without actually saying a word. Yeah. So I mean, you do get the idea that he's somehow going to get in there. And and the one thing too, which I I picked up on this one is that Doc like kind of has a bit of a moment there where he's sort of saying to Bosco like like, and Doc's genuinely scared, which. Fair enough. You're going into an active hold-up situation with people with guns. He's a paramedic. He's going to be scared. But we've seen in previous... Especially after Jerry. Especially after what happened with Jerry. Well, I guess my point with that is that we've actively seen with Doc, though, that previously he's the one who's calming Carlos down. And I guess Jerry's the good example that he's been shot and Doc's the one who's kind of like, hey, like, come on, I've got to help him. I've got to help him. So maybe, yeah, you raise a good point there because we did have a few episodes after that, didn't we, that Doc wouldn't get out of the ambulance and wait for PD. So... Right. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Shut my opinion down. I like it. That's what we're here for, Darville. You're a good You're a good expert. Expert opinions by Darville Stewart. <laughs> um, what was your middle name again? Ty, Ty Butte? Tr- Tremel? Tremaine. Tremaine. Uh, I knew it was something yeah. good. <laughs> I was about to call you Tiberius. I don't know what that is. <laughs> isn't that a... Isn't that an alien from Star Trek? I, I don't know. Beats the hell out of me. I couldn't tell you. It began with a T, all right? I got, like, some of it right. Um, yeah, you did. The first letter, but that's it. So, anyway, Bosco dresses, <laughs> um, dresses as a paramedic. And, the, you know, the really random thing that I picked up here, which I've never noticed before, is when Cruz turns around to Bosco and says, Hey, Bosco, be careful. Now, can we just fast forward to uh season five, our one hundredth episode. Um which come on help me out here, Darvel, it's on the tip of my tongue. One hundredth episode is one hundredth episode. A call for help. A call for help. Thank you. Great episode. One of the best episodes of Third Watch. And when Cruz is in uniform and she says thank you and Davis kind of points out and says like, oh, I don't think I've ever heard you say thank you before. So like kind of, it's just a little thing there, which is Cruz's character has developed to the point where she kind of turns into a hard knuckle person soon. So like at this point, Cruz is nothing but a nice person because she's literally saying to people, 
be careful. Like, she's caring for Bosco. So it's just kind of a weird thing to know how the crew's character is going to turn for a few seasons before turning nice again. But, um... Yokus, meanwhile, talks to Stacey and tells her, like, you're not part of the plan, he's not going to take her with you. Obviously, that's going to lead to what we're going to get in just a few moments. Bosco comes inside. Uh, he's more concerned about other people. He's asking questions. He's I do like Bosco's, like, over-the-top, you know, working out, hey, we're going to need a face mask here. Like, good for you, Bosco. A pla- yeah, a plastic mask and an IV. Yep, yep. And then, um, basically, it all leads... To a dramatic shootout, and this is one thing I really don't like about this episode. Again, going to the the fact that previously they did this in a subtle way that was shocking. This is just over-the-top dramatic bullshit for network television. I do not like it. We have slow-motion guns. We have people falling, well, and we just have this well, dramatic we... slow-motion shot of Yoka's shooting Cameron, and it's just cheesy and dumb, and I I hate it. And the, 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 squab- the squabble between Cameron and Stacey... Yeah. And I could be wrong, but um Faith didn't have Faith didn't have her gun on her at that point. No, she turned so it over it's, to it's So kinda... I'm convinced that she used that squabble as as while they were distracted arguing with each other, she made a mad dash for her gun, I'm guessing. No, so basically what it is is that um sort of Bosco grabs Stacy's gun. And it's kind of like that song, Stacy's Mum. Stacy's gun, it's gonna go to bust. No, never mind. Uh, so Bossy Cocus dies with the gun on the brother and then pulls, like, shoves Cameron out of the way, shoots him. It's dramatic, it's slow, it's shit. And then what makes this episode, like, end on such a bad note is that when we get the, the final dialogue from Emily, which it just, oh, it's so cheesy and bad the way she's all like, oh, I finally discovered what my mum does. Oh, mum says we'll it go may shopping. Be cheesy and ba- it may be cheesy and bad, but I think she means it well, in some it's, ways. It's, yeah, she means it. I don't doubt she means it. But it's just the way it comes across, and it's particularly that line that she closes it with when she's like, mum says we'll go tomorrow. I don't care as long as we do it together. It's like, oh. See, I... Okay, I thought that was a bit over the top myself, and I oh, did. It's vomit-inducing but, over the top. Oh, but how? I, I'm curious. What do you think would have made? What do you think would have made that little that little spiel better? No, and do- please don't. Ju- I was going to say, please just please don't just say if Bonnie Dennison hadn't delivered it. It's, well, it's not even that. I don't think Bonnie Dennison's a bad actor. It's it's. I think the problem with it is. Don't end it with that narration. End it with, like, Emily sitting down with Yokus and just saying, like, hey, mum, I appreciate this. You know, I love you. Like, I want to go... Like, just have her talking to Yokus. Don't have it as narration. Just just cut it out completely. Okay. That's how I think it would work. Like, it's it's not that... I, I, I completely see what they're trying to do, and this is where, like, I'm not going to hate this episode as much as I hated last week, because... I think some of the stuff really hits a landing point, but they miss a lot of things. And this is, again, showing it's written by Ed Allen Bonero because, you know, he's a great writer, unlike uh, Scott um, Williams. But I just, yeah, just don't have the narration. Have it with a scene between the two of them. That's how I think it should work. So Yeah, like maybe maybe a scene, maybe a scene on the subway going back, going back home. Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. And, I, and, I also, and I think, like... This obviously comes up, is it next week again when kind of Yoke, uh, Emily sort of talking about how many people have you killed? And, yes. And like, I think 
that that would have been something we really should have paid attention to because I feel I don't know how the continuity works with her when she says that, but uh, there's more to be explored with this, and it's it's kind of. It's it's just got something that should work, but it, long term it doesn't because. And this is where, and again, I'm not just saying this to rip shit into Snowblind. You know, I like doing it, but like I think what is lost is that have this episode after Snowblind. Have this if you're going to have to put up with the crap that is Snowblind. Have Emily going off the rails and taking drugs and all this sort of crap before she appreciates what her mother does, because I feel that the point of this episode is lost in what we're going to get in a few weeks' time with her popping a couple of Eckies in a snow car with Dickhead Eric. So I, that's where I feel that we lose the, the whole point of this episode, if that makes sense. Right. Okay, I get that. Yeah. So that's that's where I feel that this is... It's a season four thing. I guess we kind of need to bring that up as a thing. It's a season four thing. Um, you know, you've got some good stuff going and blended in some crap stuff in there. So, anyway, that's Ladies' Day. Do you have anything else to add before yep. we uh, rate this? No. Okay. Well, how, what are you doing with this episode, Darvel? I am going... Okay, well, I'm definitely not going to bin it. I'm not going to bin it. It's not bin... It's not bin-worthy, if that... Even, if those two words even go well together. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to rent this one. Hmm. Yes. Shoot, are you there? No, I'm not. No, I am still here. <laughs> okay, I thought I, I thought I, I thought my signal died for a second, but I'm gonna rent this episode. I, I when you say like, are you there? Uh, like obviously you're checking to see if Me- I'm there. It's kind of like when you when you say to people, like, are you asleep? <laughs> it's like- oh well, I thought that. Okay, okay. Let let me back up. And I mean, you can edit this out of the broadcast later. Nah, I can't you, be bothered. If, if you want, but um, but I I thought. Um, my little my little screen reading program on my phone just randomly said connecting. Uh, you didn't hear it because I had my headphones plugged in. And it, it, see, it said it again. It said connecting, connected, whatever. And I thought that maybe you. I thought that maybe the call had gotten temporarily dropped. That's why I said, "Are you there?" Unfortunately for our listener, uh, we're still here, so it's all good. Um, I am. <laughs> I am renting this one as well. It's a, it's a very low rent. Uh, I have this. Uh, actually, I don't have it as low as I thought I did. I have this 65th out of 74 episodes right now, so, um, it's... It's, it's certainly better than last week, Yeah, than last had, week's episode. I've still got this ahead but, of, I've got this ahead of Lights Up and The Chosen Few from this season, so it's still kind of a couple episodes below. But yeah, like, you're right, it's, it's 100% better than last week's episode. But I just, I just feel that there's some stuff in this episode that works, and, and you remember this episode, like, you... If you were sitting down just thinking of random episodes of Third Watch, you always remember the bank robbery episode with Emily and Yoko. So I, I feel that right. that in itself elevates it slightly. So um, again, it's it's yeah, never going to fire starter. You just want to forget. Yeah, you wish you somebody lit a fire in your head or something like that. But yeah, no, it's um, it's yeah. Anyway, we've talked about it. <laughs> it's we did mention a few weeks ago that kind of this this season in itself is that we sort of have these big two parters, which are then you know separated by some weird sort of nothing episodes, followed by more two parters. So uh, yeah, we speaking of two parters, what are we moving into next week, Darvell? A two parter, a two parter, crime and punishment, crime and punishment, part one, uh, and this is where we really get. Uh, some Cruz. This is where we sort of start to discover who Cruz is and what type of cop she, she is. Yeah. Which, well, let's just say that, you know, she's someone who, hey, you don't want to fuck with her. 
Yeah. And, and that, that's when we're really going to realize it. And this is, I think, where... And I, this is where I definitely love to hear from our listener, um, out there or listeners, if we've got multiple. Um, just, this is where the dis- divisiveness of Cruise comes into it, where I think a lot of people really started to just feel this show, jump the shark because of this character. Um, because without going into what's going to happen next week, you know, we have incidents here and Bosco's involved and just sort of, as you said, you don't want to fuck with her and just, it's, it's interesting and, as much as I sort of feel we've been very negative this season on a lot of what the direction the show's going, I, I've always been a fan of Cruz, and I kind of like this exploration of this side of the policing and kind of really kind of going into this, because if you, you kind of look at our four main cops that we've had, yeah, Bosco kind of toes the line of what is right and what is wrong, but... He doesn't do it... To he doesn't go Cruz. out of his way to go over it. And, and crew... And, like, Bosco has a conscience conscience whereas Cruz particularly in the early parts doesn't so um yeah I I like the fact that we kind of and to me Cruz is always a tempted female version of Bosco on steroids kind of with what she gets up to so really and it's and she's just such an interesting character the development of what happens from this point on to when we get to the end of season six so yeah well I, I feel as though I know at least I'm going to be very positive on Cruz I hope to find out what you will be next week, but uh, it's a it's a decent two parter. I I don't hate and crime and punishments is. part one and part two. Yep, and honestly, and this is probably just because we haven't really started exploring Cruz yet. But you remember, I've always said that I'm kind of on the fence when it I'm on, I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to her. Maybe going through this will help me put my foot down on one side or the other. Yeah, so to speak. Oh, well, I, I look forward to that, and we get some, you know, Doc stuff, and uh, I don't think we we don't get Doc and Joy's dad just yet. I do like that episode. No, <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't get to them until later in the season. I think I don't mm. remember the exact episode, but I do know that I do know that jo- <laughs> I do know that Joy's dad does kind of. Well, he doesn't like rip into Doc or some or anything, but he does basically tell him. Hey, you're hey, you're only a few years younger than you're you, only a few years separate us, and you're dating, you're dating my daughter. Yeah. Date someone your own age. And I will I, say, I don't think. It, no, no, you go ahead. I, I interrupted. Uh, you. I, uh, I was going to say I don't. Well, I'm basically repeating myself. I was going to say I don't think he necessarily gets mad at him, but oh. yeah. The one thing I was just going to quickly add to about what we're going to get to as well is that um, we start to get. A little bit more of Sully and his post Tatiana grieving, which I appreciate. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we mentioned obviously last week a little bit leading up into the amazing episode that is Last Call. And I think kind of we get a slow burn of, uh, what will uh, eventually lead up into that episode in about what nine weeks time. So, uh, yeah. So it's some interesting stuff. And as always, uh, with two parters, we will air both of them on the same day for you to download and enjoy. So that is Crime and Punishment mm-hmm. Part One. And part two coming to you the same time next week. Darvel, as always, it's a pleasure, but uh, we will quickly say like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on YouTube, uh, we're everywhere else that you can find good podcasts. Um, actually, that's not true. We're on all the ones you can find all the bad podcasts. I don't know what it's like to be on a website where you find good podcasts because <laughs> we've never been associated with those. So uh, if you do... Hopefully think- we'll get on one of those one day. Maybe one day. That's the goal. Uh, and today's episode, about a three star out of five, I would feel, if you want to rate us. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, but until next week, 
Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Darvell. My name is Ben, no and problem. as I leave you right now, I'll be thinking about you, sweetheart. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you swung both ways. My name's Darvell, and as always, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.